0: Hello everyone and welcome back to 1001 Classic Short Stories and Tales. Today, the classic story of the Merino Sheep as told by Australian folklorist, songwriter and humorist Banjo Patterson, who gave Australia their national theme, Waltzing Matilda, as well as the classic short stories The Cat and the Dog, all of which can be found in our archives at 1001storiesnetwork.com. Merino sheep developed in Spain and were highly prized for their fine wool. In 1797, the first Merino sheep, derived from the famed Royal Merino flocks of Spain, were introduced into Australia. Although these sheep had already evolved a fine fiber, further selective breeding by Australian farmers soon produced the authentic Australian Merino with its even finer wool. And Australia had a major export for which they're still known today. It really took off when famous fashion designer Coco Chanel reinvented fashion rules and introduced it as a dress in 1954. And to this day, from scarves to dresses to sweaters to men's suits, if you're wearing merino wool, you know it, and others do too. Merino wool production has had its place at the heart of Australian industry for a long time, supporting over 50,000 Australian farmers and keeping lots of families together with the work. Should you ever wonder why all the love and respect for Banjo Patterson in Australia, it's because he could tell their stories so well and with so much pride and humor. And take note. Every so often I read something that is to me so hilariously funny that I can't hold back my laughter. And then it becomes a blooper worth saving. The last one was The English Student, a story in one of our early Urban Legends episodes at 1001 Heroes. Well, Banjo-Patterson got to me in this story, and the blooper is included in this episode at the end, right before the sign-off. It's spontaneous, and I hope you enjoy it. And now, The Merino Sheep by Banjo-Patterson. People have got the impression that the Merino is a gentle, bleeding animal that gets its living without trouble to anybody and comes up every year to be shorn with a pleased smile upon its amiable face. It's my purpose here to exhibit the Merino sheep in its true light. First, let us give him his due. No one can accuse him of being a ferocious animal. No one could ever say that a sheep attacked him without provocation, although there is an old bush story of a man who was discovered in the act of killing a neighbor's wether. Hello! said the neighbor. What's this? Killing my sheep? What have you got to say for yourself? Yes, said the man, with an air of virtuous indignation. I am killing your sheep. I'll kill any man's sheep that bites me. But as a rule, the merino refrains from using his teeth on people. He goes to work in another way. The truth is that he is a dangerous monomaniac, and his one idea is to ruin the man who owns him. With this object in view, he will display a talent for getting into trouble and a genius for dying that are almost incredible. If a mob of sheep see a bushfire closing round them, do they run away out of danger? Not at all. They rush round and round in a ring till the fire burns them up. If they are in a riverbed with a howling flood coming down, they will stubbornly refuse to cross three inches of water to save themselves. Dogs may bark and men may shriek, but sheep won't move. They'll wait there till the flood comes and drowns them all, and then their corpses go down the river on their backs with their feet in the air. A mob will crawl along a road slowly enough to exasperate a snail, but let a lamb get away in a bit of rough country, and a racehorse can't head him back again. If sheep are put into a big paddock with water in three corners of it, they will resolutely crowd into the fourth and die of thirst. When being counted out at a gate, if a scrap of bark be left on the ground in the gateway, they will refuse to step over it until dogs and men have sweated and toiled and sworn and healed them up and spoke to them and fairly jammed them at it. The last one will gather courage, rush at the fancied obstacle, spring over it about six feet in the air, and dart away. The next does exactly the same, but jumps a bit higher. Then comes a rush of them following one another in wild bounds like antelopes, until one overjumps himself and alights on his head. This frightens those still in the yard, and they stop running out. Then the dogging and shrieking and hustling and tearing have to be gone through all over again. This is on red-hot day, mind you, with the clouds of binding dust about, "'the yoke of wool irritating your eyes, "'and perhaps three or four thousand sheep to put through. "'The delay throws out the man who is counting, "'and he forgets whether he left off at forty-five or ninety-five. "'The dogs, meanwhile, have taken the first chance "'to slip over the fence and hide in the shade somewhere, "'and then there are loud whistlings and oaths "'and calls for Rover and Bluey. "'At last a dirt-begrimed man jumps over the fence unearths Bluey and hauls him back by the ear. Bluey then sets to work barking and healing him up again and pretends that he thoroughly enjoys it. But all the while, he's looking out for another chance to clear. And this time, he won't be discovered in a hurry. There is a well-authenticated story of a shipload of sheep that was lost because an old ram jumped overboard. And all the rest followed him. No doubt they did and we're proud to do it. A sheep won't go through an open gate on his own responsibility, but he would gladly and proudly follow the leader through the red-hot portals of Hades, and it makes no difference whether the lead goes voluntarily or is hauled struggling and kicking and fighting every inch of the way. For pure sudden stupidity, there is no animal like the merino. A lamb will follow a bullock dray, drawn by sixteen bullocks, and driven by a profane person with a whip, under the impression that the aggregate monstrosity is his mother. A ewe never knows her own lamb by sight, and apparently has no sense of color. She can recognize its voice half a mile off among a thousand other voices apparently exactly similar, But when she gets within five yards of it, she starts to smell all the other lambs within reach, including the black ones, though her own may be white. The fiendish resemblance which one sheep bears to another is a great advantage to them in their struggles with their owners. It makes it more difficult to draft them out of a strange flock, and much harder to tell when any are missing. Concerning this resemblance between sheep, there is a story told of a fat old Murumbagee squatter who gave a big price for a famous ram called Sir Oliver. He took a friend out one day to inspect Sir Oliver, and overhauled that animal "'with a most impressive air of sheep wisdom. "'Look here,' he said, "'at the fineness of the wool. "'See the serrations in each thread of it? "'See the density of it. "'Look at the way his legs and belly are clothed. "'He's wool all over that sheep. "'Grand animal, grand animal.' "'Then they went and had a drink, "'and the old squatter said, "'Now I'll show you the difference "'between a champion ram and a second raider.' "'so he caught a ram and pointed out his defects. "'See here? "'Not half the serrations that other sheep had. "'No density of fleece to speak of. "'Bare-bellied as a pig, compared with Sir Oliver. "'Not that this isn't a fair sheep, "'but he'd be clear at one-tenth Sir Oliver's price.' "'And then to his overseer, "'By the way, Johnson, what ram is this?' "'That, sir,' replied the astounded functionary. That is Sir Oliver, sir. There is another kind of sheep in Australia, as great a curse in his own way as the merino, namely, the crossbred, or half-merino, half-lester animal. The crossbred will get through, under, or over any fence you like to put in front of him. He is never satisfied with his owner's run, but always thinks other people's runs must be better. So he sets off to explore. He will strike a course, let's say... Southeast, and so long as the fit takes him, he will keep going southeast through all obstacles, rivers, fences, growing crops, anything. The merino relies on passive resistance for his success. The crossbred carries the war into the enemy's camp and becomes a living curse to his owner day and night. Once there was a man who was induced in a weak moment to buy 20 crossbred rams. From that hour, the hand of fate was upon him. They got into all the paddocks that they shouldn't have been in. They scattered themselves over the run promiscuously. They visited the cultivation paddock and the vegetable garden at their own sweet will. And then they took to roving. In a body, they visited the neighboring stations and played havoc with the sheep all over the district. The wretched owner was constantly getting fiery letters from his neighbors. Your blanky rams are here come and take them away at once and he would have to go 9 or 10 miles to drive them home any man who has tried to drive rams on a hot day knows what purgatory is he was threatened every week with actions for trespass he tried shutting them up in the sheepyard they got out and went back to the garden then he jailed them in the calf pen out again And into a growing crop. Then he set a boy to watch them, but the boy went to sleep, and they were four miles away across country before he got onto their tracks. At length, when they happened accidentally to be at home on their owner's run, there came a big flood. His sheep, mostly merinos, had plenty of time to get onto high ground and save their lives, but of course they didn't, and were almost all drowned the owner sat on a rise above the waste of waters and watched the dead animals go by. He was a ruined man. But he said, Thank God those cross-bred rams are drowned anyhow. Just as he spoke, there was a splashing in the water, and the twenty rams solemnly swam ashore and ranged themselves in front of him. They were the only survivors of his twenty thousand sheep. He broke down and was taken to an asylum for insane paupers. The crossbreds had fulfilled their destiny. The crossbred drives his owner out of his mind, but the merino ruins his man with greater celerity. Nothing on earth will kill crossbreds, just as nothing will keep merinos alive. If they are put on dry salt bush country, they die of drought. If they're put on damp, well-watered country, they die of worms, fluke, and foot rot. If they die in the wet seasons and they die in the dry ones. The hard, resentful look on the faces of all bushmen comes from a long course of dealing with Merino's sheep. The Merino dominates the bush and gives to Australian literature its melancholy tinge, its despairing pathos. The poems about dying boundary riders and lonely graves under mournful she-oaks are the direct outcome of the poet's too close attention with that soul-destroying animal a man who could write anything cheerful after a day in the drafting yards would be a freak of nature. Thanks for joining us at 1001 Classic Short Stories and Tales and please take a moment if you're an Apple listener to send us a kind review at Apple iTunes. Those of you who don't use Apple as a host can be of just as much help by recommending our show with others even showing them what a podcast is and how to subscribe to us. I like castbox.fm and player.fm, two of my favorite hosts. You'll find links in the show notes. Our shows generally come out every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And by shows, I mean 1001 Heroes, Legends, Histories and Mysteries, 1001 Stories for the Road, and every now and then, 1001 Radio Days, and then this one, 1001 Classic Short Stories and Tales. This one was number five out of I don't know how many thousand in Australia last week in the literature category, helped no doubt by some kind reviews from down under and Here's that blooper I promised you just as he spoke, there was a splashing in the water, and the twenty rams solemnly swam ashore and ranged themselves in front of him <laughs> they were the They were the only survivors of his twenty. 20- <laughs> They were, they were the only survivors of his twenty thousand sheep. He broke. He broke down. He broke down. He broke down. <laughs> he he broke down and was taken to an asylum for insane paupers. The crossbreds, the crossbreds had, the crossbreds had fulfilled their destiny. Oh. <laughs> uh,